It's all things MMA. Uh, my name is Ken McGuire. We're back on air again. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him over there having a, having his breakfast while we're supposed to be recording things. Uh, we are talking all things MMA as we do every week on KCLR. Uh, joined uh, by uh, Miles, the breakfast man. Price, what's what is for breakfast? What's the story over there? It's kind of late in the day as well for this crack. It is, yeah. I, the breakfast is kind of like any part of the day for me. There's no <laughs> scheduled type of meals. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, porridge, 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 man. Yeah, that's it. Okay, practice what you preach. That's that's the big thing. Uh, Miles, a couple of things have happened since we had a chance to catch up last. You wanted to touch on uh, UFC Vegas uh, 22, which was, um, from the podcast side of things, it was just like a couple of days ago when we go to air at the weekend. It'll be it'll be a week back. Um, but the 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 main event that came out of, uh, uh, of that one was at um, middleweight. It was uh, Kevin Holland and, and Derek Brunson. Holland going into the fight as, as the 10th ranked um, middleweight. Brunson as the, the 7th ranked middleweight he's got his eyes on big prizes uh looked pretty looked pretty good there was a there was an awful lot of kind of mouthy aggro stuff before this um but uh, maybe maybe talk us through it because I'll, I'll be totally honest i didn't watch the fight i i read i read everything that happened in the aftermath so what what happened when the doors closed um, I didn't uh, listen to or see any of the lead up uh, to the fight but uh, just from watching the fight <coughs> it's just Kevin Holland, I, I think that Kevin Holland, no matter what way the fight is going, he seems to always be talking throughout the fight, you know, and mm-hmm. smack talk. And I think it's his way of dealing with anxiety and trying to get into the flow of a fight, you know, uh, which is understandable. But I mean, sure. I think from what you were telling me there before we came on, came on air was about Dana was a little bit upset about it too. And I can kind of see why where that frustration comes from, because... Kevin was clearly losing the fight and he just kept on talking, you know, and he was doing things like body triangling from guard, which isn't really a great position. I mean, it just holds somebody like you have to open your guard in order to get your feet, you know, significant mm-hmm. uh, and create space. So um, I didn't really see like it's entertaining to a degree until He's losing and he's still smack talking and then it just becomes annoying. So it just turned into Derek Brunson out wrestling him, completely out wrestling him. Like there's a couple yeah. of moments where Kevin could have, you know, switched. Him. He's one of those guys that he can finish it. But, you know, Derek had the right approach. He turned into, into a bit of a wrestling match and he held him down and used his size and that's kind of was the story of the fight. He just took him down. Kevin kept on talking smack and wasting his energy talking Mm. smack as opposed to, you know, using that energy to get up. And I feel like that if you were on bottom and you are talking a bit of smack, at least try and get a reaction out with somebody. So they lift their head to respond and then you kind of like back up and technically stand up again, you know, and safely. I think that would be good if there was tactics and substance behind your smack talk. But if there's nothing really behind it and you're just doing it for the sake of that you're a bit crazy, then it is going to be irritating, especially to the boss man, I suppose. It doesn't really shine too much of a decent light uh, as a result, despite previous performances on Kevin Holland. I, I, I wouldn't take it away from him, but some yeah. of the wins he's had are, are kind of crazy. Like, you know, like the, the Jack Array win. I mean, that was mental, like just knocking him out from... I've never seen anybody knock somebody out from their back. Like, he just literally just 
pendulumed up and just walloped him as he came up. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, I've never seen anything like that before. It was, I was entertaining, though. Yeah. Uh, for him, he seems to be chasing a, a welterweight fight next with Belal Muhammad, who came off the wrong side of that eye poke from Leon Edwards the week previous. Kevin Holland is? Yeah, yeah. Welterweight? Yeah. As, as I an think, interesting move. I think that would be, I think that would be, uh, I think that's a good move, actually. I think the welter middleweights are too big for him. Mm. I, do think that, I do think that they're going to start to, like, you know, when you get into that kind of realm when, people figure out that your wrestling isn't there and yeah. they just keep on going for wrestling, going for wrestling, going for wrestling. It's hard to come back from, especially it's like, you know, Connor's a bit the same, isn't he? You know, like he's yeah. come up from featherweight. He's a big, he's still a big lightweight, but sure. came up from featherweight, you know, Habib out wrestled them and now everybody's kind of wrestling them, you know? So yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, it's, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous place to be really. Like you got to figure out your tactics, either get better at wrestling or move division. Like, you know? Yeah. For Derek Brunson, then on the flip side of that, his, his call out seems to be, uh, well, he's, he, he knows his place, uh, at the moment. And he knows that he will have improved from the middleweight ranking side of things. You've got Israel Adesanya uh, kicking around the top of the food chain there, but he's looking at a potential matchup with Paulo Costa. How would you see something like that play out? I know Costa, Costa dramatically underperformed against Adesanya. I don't know if he said he hit the wine hard the night before or something, but he was, he was certainly off game. I think that's his ego talking there. I think he's very, I think he's uh, talking, shite there excuse me language but he is you know he's not he's he, he didn't he wasn't drinking wine the night before and even if he was like it wouldn't have that much unless you're getting smashed the night yeah. before like yeah. you're drinking like two bottles and you're getting absolutely wasted and you're getting no sleep i mean that's the only time really is going to happen like you know he might have performed better but it'd be more because <laughs> he didn't perform very well i do feel like that actually while we're on the kevin holland topic i feel like it was something along those lines he was doing too much showboating and talking as opposed to actually trying to win the fight mm. you know okay. and i think Adis- adesanya is the same like you know if you want to be him you kind of have to wrestle him a bit you know yep so. well that's ufc vegas uh 22 so um the big one for us for this weekend and we're, we're sticking with the ufc side of things is 260 and while we had a couple of uh, title fights on the line, and I say we had a couple of title fights on the line, the one that I think both of us were really looking forward to, I knew about it, you had missed the news on it just before we went on, and apologies on breaking your heart so early in the afternoon, but we're not going to see Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega go at it for the UFC featherweight title. That's heartbreaking, really, isn't it? What happened? What happened then, Ken? Uh, that's uh, that's uh, uh, COVID issues for Volkanovski. So he attested negative all the way uh, through camp. He attested negative before I think his departure from Australia. He had tested negative on arrival uh, in the states, and then within a day or two, uh, as part of the routine testing, had shown up a positive result. So that so that that rules him, you know, kind of it at the pretty much at the start of of fight week. That rules him out of things. I'm not sure what the deal is in terms of a of a date. I would imagine that they're going to try and get this thing done as soon as is possible. 
because they've been preparing they've been preparing for months for it but we're going to have to wait to see uh, Volkanovski and and Ortega do it if it had happened if it had gone ahead are are you are you back in the Brian Ortega camp can he can he can he can he do it will he do it I know he upset me by beating Korean Zombie, but yeah. I do feel like that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I do feel like that. I'd like to say, for some reason, I don't know what it is. Do you know the way you just draw? You get like the the, the fanboy part of me is is drawn sure. towards certain fighters, you know. And I just yeah. feel like I don't really like Falkonowski. I don't know what. I have no reason. No zero reason. Yeah. Same as Us- Usman. Zero reason. Just don't like. <laughs> <laughs> don't need a reason to not like somebody so, great fighters but yeah no just don't I think that I think that I'd like to see I'd like my, the fanboy in me would like to see Brian Ortega do well and win yeah, yeah. Uh, from a, I suppose uh, athlete's point of view I'd probably see Falkonovsky winning that five rounds I think he'll yeah. probably edge out like a victory he has that style doesn't he and he seems to be able to do well against lanky awkward strikers hence the max holloway max, fights, exactly you know? yeah yeah mm. now i i think i think having seen max holloway's last performance against calvin katar that might throw open a, a few questions i don't think we'll i don't think we'll see a third volkanovsky uh holloway fight anytime soon or if we do it may be a non-title fight should we see Brian Ortega back in the mix that might be an interesting one to look at for later this year but the ones that are happening and the big one that is happening and is, is finally here is uh, Stipe's title defence for the second time against Francis Ngannou first time around it absolutely did not go Ngannou's way um, there's been an awful lot of water under the bridge since then uh, and I, I think you know, I'm I'm a steep A guy. I'm I'm the nice guy. I I like what he's done. I like his level headedness. I like his personality. I like his I uh, I like I like I like his sheer groundedness of everything. I love the fact that he hasn't given up the day job and he still works as a firefighter and you Does he still work as a firefighter? Oh my, you need to get yourself on, on the late embeddeds and, and watch the, the routine around the Oh my god, if Steve if Steve if Steve was a musician, you'd be at the front. You'd yeah, be like I, one of those fangirls <laughs> at the front. <laughs> With my lighter in this hand and my camera phone in this hand. But I, I like I like I like what happens and I I like seeing him fight. Francis Ngannou, on the other hand, is terrifying. And he he started out like very much on the terrifying side of things. Had a little bit of a blip, and of late has become, I think, even more terrifying now that he's very much focused, worked his way back up the, the heavyweight side of things, has known this title shot was going to be on the line for quite some time. He looks like he's in phenomenal shape. He looks like he's in a very sound, solid state of mind as well, which we've we've touched on an awful lot before. I have no idea what way this is is going to go. Have you any thoughts? Uh, I... I really feel like it's going to be a replay of the I just feel like Francis has not had enough he hasn't had enough time grappling I feel mm. in competition style formats you know uh, I just feel like that you know most of his wins do come by kind of just knocking someone out and guys who are afraid to cut distance and grind out with a wrestling win and I feel like Stipe will probably 
you know, he'll he'll change it up a little bit because he doesn't want to yeah. be too obvious that he's going to do the same thing again. I think he's yeah. going to play around with the striking, but he is going yeah. to probably grind out a wrestling win, I think, again, you know. Early or late? I think late. I think it's going to be a five-round thing. Oh, really? I, I think so, yeah. It was five rounds last time, wasn't it? Yeah, I want to say yes. I want, I want to... I want, I want to say yes. I may not say yes, but I want to say yes. Um, okay, so... Uh, and and five rounds and go all the way to a decision? Yeah, I think so. I think I think Francis is still tough. Like, I mean, I, 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 I feel like it's his second chance at a UFC title fight. He's yeah. not going to go... It's going to be harder than the last time, I yeah. feel. You know, it's going to be a harder fought battle for Stipe but it'll be generally along the same lines, maybe a slight detour of the, okay. game, of the same game plan. You know. Okay, well, that last Nganu fight was January 2018. So there's been three years. Uh, there's, been, there's been three years and the trilogy against DC in the time since where he he'd lost the first one and then won the and then won the other two for Nganu. Uh, and I know I'm, I know I'm reading this off my phone as we go uh, as we go live. So Nganu came off the steep a loss, followed that up with a with a loss to Derek Lewis in what was one of the absolute most boring, tiring, wretched fights I think that we've seen at heavyweight ever. Uh, and then yeah. has four on the bounce, so he picked up wins over Curtis Blades, who we've touched on is a, a little bit of no man's land at the minute. Uh, Cain Velasquez, who has departed JDS, and then uh, Rosenstrike was the the last one that was May last year on the Tony. So Fox. it was so he bet Rosenstrike Blades, uh, Junior dos Santos, and Cain Velasquez. They were his last and he, four. And he knocked all them out, really, didn't he? Uh, he Curtis Blades, yes, and. Uh, Cain Velasquez, yes, and Junior Dos Santos, yes, and Rosenstrike, yes, and four fights that never left the first round. Forty-five seconds against Blades, twenty-six against Velasquez, just over a minute against Junior Dos Santos, uh, and Rosenstrike. That I think that was the one where it, it, I, I, it might have even been the first punch or the first flurry. There was about twenty seconds on the cards. He just marched forward, uh, cleaned house, and that was it. That's 10 months ago now at this stage. Yeah, like, I mean, it's not a lot of time in the cage as they're mm. trying to out-wrestle people and stuff. And Yeah, and we've we've spoken a good bit about that before where, and even I know it, it was a grand one to, to throw out at the time. You had the likes of McGregor in the wakes of the Poirier fight and people who have had those short run fights and those early knockouts it doesn't make up for the five round grinds or the three experience rounds. yeah in in that in the cage and the actually live experience yeah. grappling yeah because it's a different type of energy when you're in there no there is no real there is no difference between <clears throat> like you know when you're trying to think about actual mindset concepts of of competing you know it's like a um the idea of the plank i don't know if you ever heard of the one of the plank where you know if you put a plank high up high up from one point to the other and you walk across it it's uh the perception is quite scary because you're way up but if it's if you walk a, across a plank when it's flat on the floor yeah um the plank is exactly the same your perception of the plank is different and it's the same with competing you know there's nothing different really with with uh with competing in the gym and competing in the training rooms or competing mm. in in a live situation but your perception is what's important you know mm. and i feel like that it's important to kind of 
experiment with every type of idea when you're in there in the cage because if it's if it, i know that he does it in the training room uh, a lot the wrestling of course but you know i feel i think the only i think the only time if you're like a one round grappler yeah uh, or a one round kind of fighter where you're going to stop somebody fast and then you come across the wrestler you've got to kind of like visualize coming up against that wrestler mm-hmm. quite a lot to prepare for it for in competition or be prepared to just go with the couple. Like, you know, of course, if you're a one-round knockout artist like Ngannou or McGregor, you're just going to do it all the time. Yeah. So I think where they may be falling is actually visualizing wrestling a lot and doing it in the room. So it's connecting the visualization with the actual physicality of it in training because that's the only way you're really going to prepare, you know? Yeah. Because let's be straight, like, you know, I, I, you're not going to really go in and go, I can knock this lad out in one round, but I'm going to choose to go five rounds and grapple. It's yeah. just, you're not going to do that. You know, you're going to take the easy win, aren't you, every day? Like, but. So, as, say, hold, hold that thought. So, when we're looking at the, the, the work that happens in the training room and the work that happens in the gym, and you will go five rounds and you'll go six rounds and you'll go seven rounds and you'll go eight rounds. You'll you'll push yourself as hard and as fast as you can. Nine times out of ten, you're doing this with nobody around you or very few people around you. Things are very quiet. You're going to hear, you know, the radio is on in the background or your teammates are shuffling around in the dressing room or there's a, a gym clock on the wall that's beeping back here. When it comes to Saturday night and it comes to the heavyweight side of things, the last time these two guys met, um, the place was packed. Now when they meet, it will be more akin to that gym environment. No crowds, you have your corner men, you'll hear clearly what's happening from the corner, but the buzz and, and the hype of the things that might tempt you even towards that knockout win and that, that quick escape and little things like that um, maybe maybe out of the picture. Do you think that the, the, the lack of, of crowds, and I know UFC had mentioned earlier in the week that they're, they're looking at booking full crowd events now for venues in Texas, maybe in the not too distant future but in terms of what's happening in vegas you think that the lack of any crowd may cause any shift at all in the dynamic between i feel like it would have it would have an effect and it would play into francis and ganu's advantage i think yeah for sure because the gap is breached like you know from the gym as you said exactly the environment your perception of the competition is like it's drastically drawn in closer to what it's like in the gym you know, when you prepare for a competition and like we just talked about, if you're a one round knockout artist, you got to heavy wrestling in the gym. Keep obviously your primary goal is to knock somebody out as quickly as possible. Hmm. But if you visualize along with heavy wrestling in the training rooms, the emotions to come along with a five round grind, you know, the chances of you doing quite well are there. I feel like that, but that's where McGregor and, and Ganu may have fallen is because they might not have connected that emotionally. You know, they, they might have just like been wholeheartedly going, I'll probably just knock somebody out, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, um, but they still did the training in the room, but they might not have connected the visualization to it, you know? And yeah. I feel like that that's where um, they may have fallen behind, maybe, you know? But I do feel like you're onto something there in regards to um, it being in Nganu's favor because there's no crowd to prepare for the outside, the environment. Yeah. Without the environment, the pressure of the crowd, 
it's going to be closer to where you'd be in the training rooms, you know, mm. so that's going to have uh, an advantage for Nganu mindset ways for sure. hundred okay. percent. We'll, we'll see how it unfolds. So we've lost the That's the heavyweight championship fight. We've lost the featherweight uh, title fight. Just a, a couple of other ones that, that might, uh, might pique other people's interest. We've got uh, Tyron Woodley as a result has been moved up to the co-main event at welterweight. He's taken on Vincente Luque. Uh, Thomas Almeida and Sugar Sean O'Malley are going at it at bantamweight. That should be an interesting enough, uh, an interesting enough exchange. Um, we have uh, women's flyweight Gillian Robertson, Miranda Maverick are in there, uh, and beyond that, I know Jessica Pena is back in the fold as well at the top of the prelims card. Um, there's a, there's a there's a couple of decent there's a couple of decent bouts. Oh, Manap is fighting on this card. Yeah. A Subib's cousin. Oh, very good. Have you met him? <laughs> yeah, I've sparred with him a few times, yeah. <laughs> He's a great guy. How would you reckon he, he goes, or is he just bringing all the, the typical kind of Dagestani heat now and he'll see it off with a breeze? Dagestani heat, I feel, yeah. Dagestani, especially a welterweight. He's bringing that Dagestani heat. Yeah, he was yeah. middleweight there for a while, but I think at, I think at welter, welterweight he could be a bit of a force to be reckoned with, to be honest. Okay, well sized, well sized. Well, look, it's UFC 260. It's on this coming Saturday night uh, or in the wee hours of Sunday morning. Uh, Irish fight fans can pick it up, I'm pretty sure, uh, on BT Sport. Uh, if you've got BT Sport as part of the, the Sky package or if you get the monthly deal through the BT Sport website, you'll get uh, a pass for that fight card as well. Miles, anything else uh, stirring with you of, of interest before we, we knock things on the head? Training going well and things progressing in, in as much as they can? Yeah, yeah. Uh, everything's going well. Um, doing a lot of training myself, doing the general online coaching malarkey. So if anybody has any interest, uh, just hook me up on milespricemma.com that's it or .com uh, Instagram page <laughs> <laughs> super Miles Price MMA on Instagram and this has been all things MMA I've been Ken McGuire he obviously enough has been uh, Miles Price it is breakfast time somewhere and we will do this again next week good luck good luck